0: Hey, this is Jennifer Benson with the band Ignescent with Jay Scott at the Hook Rocks. I roll with no concern Which bridge to cross and which bridge will burn By now it should have been gone I should have caught my stone But it ain't my turn
1: Good evening, everyone.
2: Welcome back. It's Jay Scott. It's the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope uh, you're all doing well out there. We are uh, in the last days of summer. Labor Day is uh, Labor Day weekend is here. It's upon us. That's probably when everybody kind of closes out their patios and barbecues and looks forward to the, the weather getting a little more crisper and a little bit more colder. But hey, man, it's been a great summer. It's been like that first summer in like two, three years, that we've actually had a summer without a lot of restrictions, if any. And there's been a lot of live shows, a lot of rock concerts that we've been going to. I was just at one last night. I saw Scorpions with Thunder Mother. Uh, Thunder Mother was just absolutely incredible. Scorpions are who they are, man. One of the best in the biz. It was a great show to see. And uh, look forward to more shows coming up this fall. Don't forget, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network the great network of music-related podcasts. You can check out a lot of my friends on that network, like Vinnie Apice and Carmen Peace on the Hanging and Banging podcast, Martin Popoff, the rock historian, the legendary DJ Mistress Carrie, Chris and Aaron on Decibel Geek, and Tom and Zeus on the number one rated KISS podcast in the land. Check out all the uh, great podcasts on Pantheon at Pantheon Pods. Search them up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and also search up The Hook Rocks wherever you podcast. You can download the app and get all the greatest new episodes and all the greatest old episodes right to your phone and uh, give them all a listen. We've had some great guests on the podcast, on the show recently. We just had Agnescent, Jennifer Benson, Benson, the Chicago-based hard rock band. We just did a live album review of UFO Strangers in the Night. We celebrated our three hundred episode with Stephen Piercy from R.A.T., and The Warning, the great new band from Monterey, Mexico, which is just wrapping up their tour with Hailstorm and Pretty Reckless. Got to check them out twice over the summer and spring. So they're a great new live band, so check them out as well. And many others, a lot of new music spotlights to check out, so please do so. We've got a great new episode for you tonight. Uh, One of my favorite, you can't really say they're emerging rock band because I think they're more of an established band but a lot of people consider anything within the last 10 years new and that's cool too but uh, I like to w- welcome in guitar player lead singer of the band Tyler Bryant in the shakedown mr Tyler Bryant what's happening man how are you it's good to see you man thanks for having me on the show man it's good to have you back you know we we talked last I think it was man either I think it was end of 2020. When you just had the new album out, right, and uh, the world was kind of in shambles. (laughs) You know, we were all trying to figure out what everyone's doing. And we all made it through somehow, some way. And the new music last year, and now this year, and now with your new album coming out, it's just been a great gift for music fans, because there's been so much new music coming out people being creative, people really kind of stretching themselves. And what's really cool about this new album is when you look at that album in 2020, it was a rock record, right? This is more into the blues roots that we all know are very important to you and heavily influenced you, you and the band. And it was kind of cool to kind of have that dynamic, you know, as we were in the pandemic and now coming out of it with, you know, basically this is this is just a stripped down blues rock record.
0: Yeah, I know. There's a there's a there's a few burners on there for sure, but for the most part, um, you know, we called it Shake the Roots for a reason. It was it was sort of um I think after after the pandemic as well, um, you know, stepping away from live music and touring and being away from the, the loudness of playing shakedown shows every night. Um, I found myself more drawn to pick up a resonator and play some slide, you know, Delta inspired blues or like play like like I used to love. I mean, and still love to hear Lightning Hopkins play like so many great Texas blues artists that I grew up listening to. And um, I think having so much time off the road. You know, being forced to take that time really just kind of put me back in touch with so many of the, you know, musical elements that I love so much. And originally uh, I called, I called everyone in the band and was like, we should try to make a fully acoustic record, no electric instruments. But like at the end of the day, as much as I want to like flex the blues roots muscles, we are still the shakedown. So thank you. know, the cookie crumbled as it, you know, as it it would have, you know, and, and uh, we ended up with, with I I I feel like it's a pretty cool, well-rounded record. It's certainly very bluesy and certainly very rootsy. But like the our song Ghost Rider came out today, and that's that's you know about as heavy as the shakedown's ever gone as well. So uh, we tried to we tried to put something on there for everybody.
2: Whenever people deal with you know tragedy or you know an issue like a pandemic, right? um, or, you know, you're in your own, in your own self, you have, you know, things that you're dealing with. We always do tend to go back to what's comfortable, right? You know, we we find peace and comfort and, you know, whether it's, you know, for a lot of people, you know, reading or exercise, some people, you know, with music, in your case, it's music and, you know, your first influences are the blues, you know, and, you know, that kind of comes back to that, you're sitting around, you're listening, you're going back to your roots, you're finding comfort again with kind of everything that's happening at the world at the time. Do you think that played into it at all? I think, I mean, yeah, certainly like it's, it's always great to to
0: play things that feel comfortable to you. Um I think one of the things that, that I, that has always kind of uh, bummed me out about a lot of modern blues music is that it does feel like it's just, sort of trying to do the same thing that's already been done which and there's nothing wrong with that especially if the thing that's already been done is amazing and incredible and and you enjoy playing it again like that with with our past handful of albums it's always been about making ourselves slightly uncomfortable you know and pushing the limits of the songwriting and and how are we and it's we've always had this element of like how are we going to pull this off live and with this record we kind of took that we we didn't take that completely out of the equation because we still like to take left turns in our writing and arrangements and stuff but we did we did approach this like cool if all we had were these instruments and these microphones what would it sound like? And there are certain songs on the record that are, they're just literally live performances and their moments captured. Like there's one song called Tennessee. That was, the song was written and recorded in an hour and then we were done. You know what I mean? It's not like it's, it's a moment. And I think I've, I enjoyed looking at this record sort of just like snapshotting musical pictures of moments
2: capturing that energy when you're when you're recording a live performance is is very ambitious and you know it can also fall off the track pretty easily right you know i mean it's it's a, it's a lot different than just recording you know but it's also that that energy the energy is also created by that danger right i mean that you know that 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 ability to kind of have it all collapse if it just you know if it just doesn't work that's got to be exciting for an artist like yourself, the band that's always looking for new ways to do things and a new perspective to do things. I think so. I, I do
0: love having that danger in rock and roll and, and, you know, any any sort of like roots music that's got such a, a is meant to have an authentic feel. It's, it's nice to feel like the train could go off the tracks at any point. And, you know, we it's. So many, so many, like I've, I've been doing a lot of recording and producing, um, with other artists and it's interesting how many people will, will stop if they mess up, you know, and it's like trying to condition yourself to just embrace it and go, I've kind of, I kind of flubbed that note. Oops. And keep going because really a lot of times the thing that you think is like this catastrophic event is it might be someone else's favorite moment of the track. You know, and, and just kind of embracing the fact that you're human and you aren't perfect and you're not Eddie Van Halen, but you're trying and you're having fun. And I think with this record, we really just wanted it to sound like people having fun. And when I listen to it, I have fun. And that's really just what I hope. I hope people turn it on and go, cool. This is this sounds like a band that I want to go
2: see, you know. Even Eddie Van Halen said once, if you screw up, do it twice. So they think you did it, you meant to do it. (laughs) Dude, well, Jeff Beck told me that, but he told me to do it three
0: times. So he's like, (laughs) I got him one up, you know.
2: (laughs) Isn't that indicative though, what you said about people worrying about flubbing a note, indicative of where music is today? We all heard the stories about bands using tracks and all that kind of stuff and not essentially playing live. And it also falls upon the audience's responsibility that they want to hear close to perfection, right? But the foundation of rock is blues. And the elements of mistakes and the elements of imperfections are what make those two genres connected and also great. You know, I mean, you think of guys like Jimmy Page, who if you hear live bootlegs, you know, with Zeppelin, which I have a lot of, you hear those imperfections and that's awesome, right? That's, that's, that's great.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's awesome to, to be able to, if I listen to Jimmy Page, I can picture Jimmy Page, you know, and it's sort of, I think we, we have gotten so used to perfect music. You know, if you turn on the radio, almost, every song you hear is going to be auto-tuned or, you know, the drums will be time aligned to a grid or like all of this nerdy stuff. But after you hear enough of that, you start to get conditioned to it. And then when you hear this old, if you hear an old Zeppelin record and it's just a couple dudes like swinging for the fence, all of a sudden you go, who are these larger than life characters? And And because there is character to the performance and the personality. And I think that's always the, you know, when it comes to making records in this modern age, it's always the temptation to try and fix something. And I think something that, I mean, and it's something that I, I struggle with. I don't have the, like the answers or, you know, if, you know, I might, you might talk to me next year and be, and I'll be like, dude, we made the drums perfect because music is unpredictable and everyone has their own approach on it. Just the thing that, that made us feel excited was, having these moments that felt kind of dangerous and kind of raw and um i don't know i i i just just had a a really good time doing it and and the and sometimes the more you dissect stuff it starts to lose that initial feeling to me and and you end up trying to me personally I, i i can't really speak for other artists i know a lot of times when i try to to make something more perfect than it is i end up Like if I say there's a guitar solo, for example, and I play the solo and I play it one or two times and then by time 60, I'm like, okay, this is it. And then I go back and listen to the first or second one that had all of my energy and intention, even if it wasn't even if the ball didn't go over the fence, it it at least went close to the outfield and I'm sprinting around the bases or whatever. Maybe I'm trying to fix something that wasn't really that broken, you know based on my own my own idea of what it should be, rather than just letting it be what
2: it is. I think that's really what distinguishes rock music, especially now, like what you said, because everything's auto-tuned, everything is perfect, everything is, you're conditioned in other genres. And what makes rock so unique now is because it still has, it still has what it, what makes it great, you know, is that energy. I mean, there's, there's elements of rock music. Let's not kid ourselves that do fall in line with that audio auto tune and tracks live. And it's disappointing when you hear that and see that, but Hey, everyone has their reasons, but there are, there's a large contingency of new emerging bands or bands like yourself that have been around for 10 years, like you guys, Blackberry smoke, you know, rival sons, these bands that really do it well, that, Have that element of danger and and have that. And, And when you talk about where music is right now with a new album coming out next week, you know, you always hear the stories of management companies, record labels talking about algorithms, right? You know, the algorithms checked all our boxes and the algorithms did all this. And it's like algorithms suck algorithms are destroying the soul of music and, and killing the wonder and discovery of music is because everything, like you said, is becoming conditioned. And then when you hear this album, the way it starts off and it's very authentic and it's very organic and it's very like, man, you know, it's going for it. You realize why rock music, why blues, all that stuff that goes into it is still the greatest form of music out there. Oh man. Well, I, you know, I, it, it's certainly,
0: I love, I love rock and roll and I love blues and, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't want it to sound like a curmudgeon here because I do love a lot of modern music. And I think that there's, you know, still, even there, there are certain bands that are, you know, auto tuning their music and and making and it's not detracting from their art for us. It, it, it would detract from the art and the intention you know which is for it to feel you know our record literally starts with pots and pans like it's Caleb we're looking for a certain sound and Caleb's like pulls out the silverware drawer and is play, you know he's playing silverware and like it's just we're constantly looking for moments and trying to capture them you know and if if we miss it on one then we move on to the next song and you know maybe maybe we'll come circle back but you never know. It's, it's really just like what, what feels exciting to us. And, and I, I, that's the thing is all the songs on this record feel exciting to me. I, you know, I know I'm pretty close to it. So the fact that I still like it means hopefully, hopefully means that it's good. I don't, I really don't know. All you can do is release it and hope someone else likes it, you know, no, it's good. But I I had, I had fun making it and I have fun listening to it. So I can sleep with myself at the end of the day and feel good about it.
2: Well, when you talk about that silverware and you know the pots and pans, and you think back of those old days of the blues, the Robert Johnsons, and you know the whole evolution of blues, and you know how it you know it started, and and you know it was very primitive, right? Right. Um, and when you're using silverware and pots and pans, I mean it, that's primitive. That's just making uh-huh. music out of objects, right? I mean that's what. What what people used to do, and you know, when you think of the last record that you did, um, and into you know, shake the roots, was was there? I mean, did it did it happen organically with the album, the direction that you wanted to go, or you know, do you have a do you have a plan from like once you're recording the last album that's done, you already are thinking about this one? How does that work for you guys? Well, pretty
0: much as soon as we put out an album, there's this feeling and I don't know how this is for other artists. I should probably ask a few of them, but there's this feeling that I always get it. Once the album is released, it is exactly that. It feels like, OK, now this body of work is someone else's problem. And then it's this it's always creatively inspiring me to, to me to release records because then I, I'm not worried about those songs anymore. I can start making up new things and so the the process starts again. And I, I, I love the process probably even more than the release. I love working on the songs and working on the album and, you know, I, I'm, I'm a full-time studio rat. I love being down here and, and tinkering with sounds and trying to find something that makes me want to close my eyes and dance around, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, I don't know that, that that's the thing that gets me the most excited. So, it, the, with this record, there was there was never like I, I I was actually joking about this with with Graham the other day. I said this is like the record that we finished that we never actually started. We never we didn't set aside a couple of weeks of time to work on the record. A lot of the songs happened when we'd be hanging out, not even intending to write or play, and next thing you know we're hanging out and over the past like couple years I've I've sort of been setting my studio up to always be on. If there's a microphone, it can be turned on in a matter of seconds. You know, so the drums are mic'd up, the bass is ready, the guitar is ready, like whatever wherever someone sits down and if they get something going, it can be captured really quick. That's that's been the vibe that I've tried to create for myself cuz that's I know that that's how we work like if we're going to catch the thing we got to be quick um and so with this record a lot of the songs just happen based around like we're hanging out next thing you know there's a vibe next thing you know there's the you could call it a demo if that's your train of thought which has been our train of thought in the past with this record we did not make demos we just did the songs you know what i mean to where it's like the first first time it goes down is is the thing because in the past, a lot of times we'll make a demo. And then by the time the master recording is done, we're we think the demo is more exciting because it was rougher around the edges or whatever. So we we've never tried it this way. It's a fun way to, to do it. But our, we set out to make a fully acoustic record, like I said earlier. And, uh, and we actually did, we made that whole record. We have, you know, 10 or 12 other songs that are finished, mixed and mastered. That were for, you know, that thing. But there were a couple of standouts like uh, Bare Bones and, and Tennessee that inspired me to keep writing and Graham and Caleb to keep writing. And before you know, we had all these other songs and we decided to start our own record label and, and
2: Shake the Roots was born. When you write that initial first song or the elements of the album begin, do all the songs more or less kind of go along with that sound or that, you know, that, that creative process, or is each song really its own? I mean, there may, there could have been albums that are different. Some albums may just all just fit. And then some albums where each song takes on its own life. What, what was this one like? And how was it normally for you guys? Uh, it's normally
0: the song it's, it's normally all about the song. Like if the song calls for, For salt then the song gets salt you know and uh i think that this record just based on the headspace we were in to me it sounds pretty cohesive aside from a couple other songs like but like for example like even one of the songs that we made a single ghost rider could have very well not we we could have very easily not put that song on the record but we also were thinking about our live show in mind going man all these people who love like heavy rock and shakedown we got to give them something we can't just be like now here's all that rootsy blues we love you know and and we and don't get me wrong we love doing that kind of stuff and and i think we excel at it you know we're we 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 are good at playing like heavy hitting rock music so we tried to we tried to round it out but for the most part our headspace was really like just kind of catching that rootsy blues wave and riding it as far as we could and the songs just kept happening and we kept recording them and then like i said there's a whole bunch of them that didn't didn't even end up on this record but that's a that's the other thing that i'm excited about about having our own record label cuz you know i mean the the amount of of sort of waste that you end up with as a as a writer and as an artist is is pretty astronomical in this industry and that all that's always bummed me out especially when like my favorite artists, you know, if you look at how many records Elvis put out or like even like a guy like Ben Harper or, uh, you know, there's so many artists that are constantly putting out music and, and I've always aspired to be an artist like that. And we've always made the art, but we've never, we've never had the, the
2: infrastructure to support that, you know? I remember when we were talking on the last record, you guys recorded it basically in your, in your studio, in your house. And you did mention that you had enough for another album because you guys recorded so much. And now you mentioned the same thing. You've got other songs. I wanted to dive into that about going independent, going with your own record label, because, you know, that's a big step for a band who's kind of coming out of a, of a label. um, Who's kind of used to that type of mentality and used to kind of that, commitment and coming out of that what was the thought process i mean you mentioned you know the reason about having you know more control over your art and being able to release it whenever you want to you know release it that's great but they're also you know are there any other reasons why it was important for you guys to become independent um well i've you know um my wife is in a band called lark and poe
0: and i've been i've i've been just sort of like a a sideline spectator of watching her and her sister own their own record label. And I've just desperately longed to be like empowered by my own creations in that way and have more ownership over the music. You know, it's like we've had great experiences with record labels in the past. You know, we've had people who would bend over backwards and I could probably still call a lot of them today and they would, day would be like what can we do to help the shakedown because they know they believe in our drive and our work ethic and we've had great relationships you know i'm really grateful for every record label that we've worked with um but i i think that the shakedown is far from institutionalized you know what i mean like we're we've never been comfortable we've never been like okay we've got all the pieces it's always been like what's what's next what could we do better and there's always something that you could do better. Um, and I think for us, especially like I'm 31 years old, you know, Caleb, the drummer has a one-year-old we're going, we're doing it. We do everything, you know, we do everything from, you know, I mean, at this point now we're hiring our own publicists. you know, we're obviously talking, Yeah. you know, um, we're, we're putting every everything on the line for this. Um, and and the reason is because we want to have more ownership of our music and we want our fans to know when they when they buy a record, it's going to support us on the road. It's going to support us making more records. It's going to like because that's the thing that you don't realize whenever you like, I, you know, our first uh our first like major label record deal. Upon signing it, you're like, oh, this is the this is everything that we could ever ask for. And I don't think you really I don't think a lot of artists really realize what they're giving away, you know, and, and, um, just the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that I want to have more of the things that I used to give away. I think I owe that to myself. I think the band, the band owes that to themselves. You know, we all, it's, it's the only way uh forward in my mind right now. And that's not to say that we won't uh sign a record deal in the future, but this, I think we would just regret it if we didn't try, you know? And, uh, We've got we've got a great manager and and we've we've actually uh, hired a lot of the people that we've worked with at record companies in the past. You know, the only difference is now we're paying for it rather than them paying for it. You know what I mean?
2: Well, you know, it also it's indicative of what's happening in the industry now. Um, you don't need, or, or I shouldn't say you don't need, the record contract or the record deal that was. 20 30 years ago no longer exists, right? It just, it just the way the music industry is now. The tour supports the you know, the album supports the tour where it was vice versa, you know, years ago. And if you have more control over your stuff and you have a team that believes in you and a cause rather than a record label worried about an algorithm, worried about you know, this you know, a single not hearing a single on the album, it really kind of You know, restricts you as the artist at what you can do. You mentioned like when you sign that deal, it's like, man, this is everything that you hoped it would be. And then reality sets in. And then all of a sudden that tone coming from the other side, not in all cases, maybe not in yours, but for a lot of artists, it's all of a sudden it's no longer that feel good stuff that was before the signing. Now it's like, you know, I've talked to, I talked to Tuck Smith uh, a few weeks ago. Um, We had his record shelved that he that he spent, you know, a year and a half working at. I mean, that's. Yeah, dude, been there. It's,
0: it's a horrible feeling for an artist to to experience. And it's, you know, I don't know why in an, in a in the day and age where the artists have more power than they've ever had, you know, if I have a direct relationship with Shakedown fans, you know, like we did a YouTube premiere this morning and you're able to like, actually say hello to people. And I go, Oh, that's, you know, so-and-so from France and Oh, this is, cynthia from brazil and like you you, these you know it's all you can't keep up with everybody but i think that fan you know fans and artists have a direct line with social media and i mean it's just it's why why wouldn't you why would you risk having someone else literally squash out your dream you know i just don't know why and I know, and, and I say that, I mean, I, I, I probably would listen to myself talking and, and be like, because, and this is what, this is, this is the constant, like, internal dialogue, because every record deal we had was a, a valuable stepping stone. You know what I mean? It's, I don't regret any of them. It was a great, we made great relationships. We learned something, even through the negative aspects, we learned something, you know, and, uh, and we, we met a lot of great people that were, that, that now, I would consider huge assets for us moving forward. So yeah, it's just, you know, there's, there's no right or wrong way. It's just, there's a lot of ways to kind of skin that cat.
2: (laughs) Well, it's gotta be exciting on two fronts. You have this album. This is your first, you know, the first independent on your own record label and then the record label itself has to be exciting, right? It's like two different things that are going on at once that, you know you've experienced obviously putting out a new album before so there's always that excitement with that but now this make, this probably feels a little different because now it's like you know it's it's all Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown and and you guys are determining a lot more of your next steps than probably more so than ever before which is also exciting so you know with this album and you look back at the albums that you've done you've gotten to this point because of what you've done previously and you 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 have the ability to do that stuff. So to have this control now, um, with the new album, I, I mean, it's got to be it's got to be
0: exciting for you. Yeah, it's certain it's certainly exciting, you know. And and um, you know, at the, at the at the moment, we don't have plans of bringing other artists onto the label. Um, but I don't think that that's something that will. I think that door will open at some point. You know, I've been doing a ton of producing and engineering with other artists. Um, you know, I just, uh, I just co-produced the new Larkin Poe record, which I'm thrilled about. And we recorded that, you know, here at, at my home studio, just the same way we did the Shakedown record. I just worked with this artist. I produced a song for this artist, Zach Person out of Texas. That's amazing. And, um, he just put that out. And then I've been finishing up this gospel, like low down, dirty gospel record with this artist named Frankie Ballard. and. I've, I've found that through, uh, producing and engineering and working with these other artists, it's made me more excited about doing my own music. And I could totally see this thing snowballing into a record label that other artists are on or a record label where, you know, if, if I ever want to make an acoustic record or what, you know, it's like just having the opportunity to put it out and, and having a a team of carefully curated individuals who believe in it. Because that's another thing you think about. If you think about, say, you know, I'm Joe Bobby and I get signed to a record label. But the the girl that's assigned to, you know, help market me doesn't like Joe Bobby's music at all. But it's her job and she's got to try to do it. But maybe there's not like 100% of her heart and soul behind old Joe Bobby. You know what I mean? So we can at least go out and try to hire the people that are passionate about us and that we, that we know are going to go out there and, and uh, you know, really go for the throat.
2: When you think about writing, collaborating with others, producing, how does that help you evolve as an artist? Well, I mean, it's,
0: it's, it's, it's exciting for me to experience other artists, creative, um, just like sort of their, their habits and their ways of, of getting from a to B like my wife will approach recording a song differently than I will, you know? And so getting to get in there and go, how can I, how can I assist? How can I be of service here to this song getting across the finish line? It's fun. And, and, and for me, it's, uh, I, I've always felt like a student of music. You know, you can never master the guitar. You can never master songwriting. You can never master recording, you know, it's, um, I just love learning and and getting to work with new people like this artist, Frankie Ballard I'm working with. I mean, the dude's like, he's incredibly talented and he's a total nutcase. Like, I love it. I'm so inspired being around him because he's super off the wall and like, he can hardly do a vocal without clapping and doing this thing. So it's like, how do I record this vocal to where the I can keep some of his personality and nonsense in there? It's cause it's great. And it's what excites me about him because you can hear his personality and just, um, I don't know, It's it's been fun for me to learn to pay attention to some of these things that seem like kind of silly and to go, well, that's the thing that excites me about him. So I should I should pay attention to that. And it's it's just helped me to start analyzing what I what I moved by. And I can st- start doing that in myself as well. And also, this is another thing especially working with my wife, you know, she'll sing something. It'll be the most like brilliant vocal I've ever heard. And she'll, and she'll be like, let me do it again. And I'll almost feel insulted. Sometimes I go, why, why would you do that again? Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. And, um, I think about all the producers that have ever you know, just wanted to kill me when I'm like, give me another, give me another pass, give me another pass. Cause it's so easy to get zoomed in when you're the artist and it's your thing and you're close to it. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't know. It's just, it's, a, I'm, I'm so fascinated by it. And, and at this point in my life,
2: just completely excited by it. As far as the band goes, you know, kind of same question, but with the band, you know, when you think back of the music, especially with this album now, where where has the band evolved the most? Hmm,
0: that's a good question.
2: I mean, I would
0: like to think that the songwriting is is always evolving. You know, I mean, we've you know, Grant, Graham and I are both guitar players, but we we try to to pick and choose our moments. And and you know, being being a huge fan of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, one of my favorite things about Mike Campbell is how the guitar is it's always serving the song, so with this with this record, we did try to serve the song you know I mean Caleb played some of the the coolest drum stuff I've ever heard him play on this album, and I think that um, especially on some of the rootsier stuff, it took a lot of restraint because like just because you you have a bag of tricks doesn't mean you need to dump the bag on the table and um on a song like Tennessee where it's a live vocal and a live guitar and, and I'm sitting merely feet away from the drums, everyone's kind of got to mix themselves to a certain extent. So that was, uh that was exciting, but also just not having a, not having a, like a producer steering the ship. We all, we all kind of had to step up and, and fight to make the songs the best that they could be.
2: As far as that, Writing goes, and as far as that evolution goes, you know, I always think it's important for an artist to keep evolving because we keep evolving as people, right? So you're going to naturally evolve if you're you're a musician or an artist. Your your art's going to evolve as you evolve as as people, and you know, with different perspectives and different ways of doing things. You mentioned your collaborations and how you see other artists work. You know, is is it for for you guys? Obviously, you want to you want to stay within the Tyler Bryant and the shakedown realm you know, the, 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 you know, I don't want to use the word boundaries because it shouldn't have any boundaries, but there is a sound, right? How do you maintain coming from the rock record pressure into this, which is more of a roots record, still maintaining the Tyler Bryant and the shakedown sound?
0: Well, I, you know, I think a lot of that just kind of happens naturally because it's us, you know, it's, it's my voice and, in my guitar playing and it's caleb's drumming and graham's playing and in our ideas you know once you kind of mix all that up together it just kind of sounds like us like a lot of this um a lot of these songs once i started writing them like the song roots for example when i started writing that song it was it didn't sound quite like it does on the record like it didn't have the uh It didn't have any edge to it. It just, I liked the lyrics and I liked the way the lyrics made me feel. And so I'm strumming it on an acoustic guitar and Caleb's going, doesn't sound like us, man. Doesn't sound like us. And I was like, well, it's, it's not us. It's me on an acoustic guitar. It's not us yet. How do we make it us? And kind of having that. And so then I'm, then I'm like a little pissed off that he's saying, doesn't sound like us, man. So I set an amp down next to his drum kit and play it with me. And then next thing you know, there's the old shakedown, you know, and it just falls into place so naturally. And, and uh, th- I mean, there were countless songs on the pressure record like that too, where, you know, on that record, those songs were all kind of demoed out pretty extensively. And the, the, you end up with these demos and you, you can get really confused by that when you're like, it doesn't sound like something the band would do. Cause it's not the band. It's like me kind of with like some, program drums or something that i made in a hotel room somewhere and then an idea and then the band takes it and it comes to life but it's it's easy to get discouraged whenever you're just it's sometimes it's hard for even for me to hear through an idea and just gotta you gotta do it with the pressure record there was so much uh so much jamming you know where if something wasn't working we would just jam until it kind of found its groove and this whole record was just about finding the groove and following it.
2: You mentioned the last time we spoke, the Pressure album was recorded kind of in a bubble. Where You guys, you know, with everything going on in the world, you guys just kind of went down in the the studio and recorded and just kind of got lost in the music. Yeah. Coming out of that, now with this album, was there that same bubble created or was there more... I don't know, maybe relax isn't probably the right term, but more maybe of a open atmosphere. It was certainly, it was certainly open to kind of whoever would come and
0: hang out. I I feel like after the pressure record, I don't know if I ever left the bubble. You know, we whenever we we would go out and play some shows and stuff, but then I would come home because the thing that the pressure record did for me was it, it opened my mind to the possibility of being able to record. Um, anytime I wanted to, because we made that record at home, but I didn't have any gear. I didn't, you know, that record was recorded very minimally and, um, just using like some universal audio, you know, equipment. And after that, I was like, well, you know, I always have a need to record. I'm, I'm married to someone that always has a need to record. I'm going to start investing in all the stuff that I ever wanted in the studio because I constantly need to make recordings and I constantly have to give my money to people to help me make these recordings. And um so I, I kind of just took a leap of faith in myself and started buying stuff. And just after the pressure record every day, just sitting down here tweaking with stuff and figuring out what I really liked sonically Um learning what different microphones did learning what different pieces of gear did uh reading listening to people that i respect and just trying to learn as much as i could and a lot of that uh i mean it's sort of like with in a band we we joke about it you can rehearse and rehearse and rehearse but once you have to do a show that's whenever something becomes like solid in your mind once there's people in front of you and they're rabid and they want you to win and uh getting at right after we finished the pressure record um i recorded this uh covers record for larkin poe called kindred spirits and i was really proud of how that turned out and just started just kind of kicking around the idea of like i think i can do this i think i can do this and my bandmates were super supportive and they would indulge me when i'd be like can you come over and hit these drums for me because I can't watch the meters if I'm hitting the drums. Can And then you next thing, you know, it's like, well, why are you hitting the drums? What's the song? And so that's, that's always like the end goal is to tinker with sounds until you have a song.
2: When you look at each album in the past, you know, all those albums have a story behind it that you guys can reflect on. If you so choose, what do you think the story will be on this album when you look back on it? couple of years from now years from now mm. well i think this
0: i think the story from this album at least the uh the feeling that i get would be this is whenever the shakedown took their career back that's the feeling i get is um and i think that from from the jump we we knew that we were going to independently release this record and so there's there was a certain feeling of having even more skin in the game you know because if it's if it's doesn't work it's it's a 100 percent on us you know and i think i think that that uh that definitely sort of lit a little 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 fire under us you know but it was just fun you know we always have fun when we're when we're jamming together and uh There were a lot of late nights, a lot of laughs, and
2: uh, I think you can hear that in the record. You know, each album, each record takes on its own energy, right? Yeah, totally. You know, and it's kind of exciting. Even as a fan listening to your music or other artists' music, I mean, you can kind of feel a different energy from album to album, which is kind kind of, it's its own unique journey in a way. Yeah absolutely It's one of the things
0: I love about love about it though it's like you can hear uh you know I think about Tom Petty and and you you can hear where where he was at and all of those albums and and this is just a, a snapshot of where the shakedown is right now Tyler it's been a blast chatting with you
2: man always a blast chatting with you dude everyone that's Tyler Bryant of Tyler Bryant the shakedown get their new album shake the roots out September 9th can't wait uh, for you all to hear it. It's a great album, great uh, return to roots, hence the name of the album. Um, there's some rockers on there, too. So you will not, uh, if you're looking for that, you will find it. So be excited about that. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks. Take care of each other. We'll talk soon. Thanks.
0: Give me a jar of that lightning strike. I like my love like a borrow. Half the price oh.
1: When I hear your name on, ain't none down. It's NFL draft season And that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football